Hi, everyone. Tim Kitzer here, the voice of NBA Jam. And this is the Leisure and Lariat podcast with your host, Ryan Davidson. Boom shakalaka. Davidson is on fire. Kaboom. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode here on the Leisure and Lariats podcast. This is a podcast that inspires, motivates, and entertains the masses through the eyes of a professional wrestling's point of view. Oh, yeah! Hell yeah, brother. My name is Ryan Davidson. I'm a world-traveled veteran professional wrestler, and I've been in and out of the ring with some of the best athletes, personalities, and driven individuals from all over the world. Join me as I talk about life-changing advice, experiences, and stories from myself and... Uh, special guests and not only made a change for themselves but also answer the call when challenges rise i hope everyone is having a fantastic day so far as they're tuning in as we're getting ready to partake in part one of my interview my very first interview here in the year 2021 with my good buddy brian breaker but before we get into that i think we need to go ahead and hit the book of the week Expand them minds, baby. Expand them minds. And this week's book of the week is basically a book about willpower. In fact, it's actually called Willpower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty awesome title. But it's by a uh, psychologist named Roy F. Baumeister and John Tierney. Okay, so basically uh, it's a scientist that basically went ahead and wrote this book. He's pr- basically one of the world's most esteemed and influential psychologists. And he teams with a New York Times science writer, John Tierney, to reveal the secrets of self-control and how to master it. Uh, it's a book that I am now currently reading. I'm on Chapter 4. I'm almost about halfway through it, but there's been a lot of great tips a lot of great knowledge on controlling willpower because I mean I feel as human beings we're all flawed to a certain degree and sometimes uh, we need a little more willpower in our lives and uh, what better way to go ahead and strengthen that by having a good read about it so this week's book of the week and high recommendation so far since I am reading it currently willpower rediscovering the greatest human strength by Dr. Roy F. Baumeister with John Tyranny of course I will put the Amazon link in in the show notes, of course, for this episode. And now, new segment to the show. It's time for my two cents. That's right. It's a new segment here on the Leisure and Larry's podcast. My two cents onto something. Usually I go ahead and I make a, as my ringer goes off. <laughs> Should have silenced that. But anyways, um, I, basically, there's been a lot of things that will come up in the professional wrestling realm, so to speak. And I feel like that instead of basically going on this long tangent of things and everything like that, I just want to put my two cents on something real quick. And it was something that happened just recently, just a few days ago. It actually happened last week when the one and only Undertaker was a guest on Joe Rogan's podcast. The Joe Rogan Experience, I believe it's episode, I want to say episode 1158. uh, Or no, I'm sorry, it's like uh, 15... 98, I think that's what it was, because he just hit his 1600 episode 
Wow, that's crazy. 1,600 episodes. That's not even including the uh, MMA podcast that he does. Uh, but he had The Undertaker on there, which is a phenomenal fo- uh, podcast. Great interview. They almost went about three hours. They talked about anything and everything, current current you know uh, topics that are going on, not just in pro wrestling but in society and everything like that. But the real, <laughs> the real controversial topic was basically The Undertaker's opinion on the current landscape of not only WWE but basically pro wrestling in general. And I'm going to go through that real quick. And basically, Joe Rogan pretty much asks it, um, do you watch the current product? And Undertaker, and I'm basically paraphrasing, was like, yeah, you know, a little bit, you know, this, that, whatever. And Joe Rogan's like, well, why is that? And here was the Undertaker's response. And I quote, it's tough for me to enjoy the product because the product has changed so much and it's kind of soft. I'll probably piss off a lot of people. I'll probably piss off a lot of people, but they need to hear it. It is what it is. He also noted that how the locker room had changed significantly since the days of crusty effing men. (laughs) Basically saying that the Arab guys, too, those were men. You go to a dressing room nowadays, it's a lot different. I remember walking into my first real dressing room, and I saw some crusty effing men right there. Like half of them had guns and knives in their bags. And, you know, shit got handled back then. Which, you know, that's that's interesting. Now you walk in, you know, there's guys playing video games and effing, you know, making sure they look pretty. It's evolution, I guess. I don't know what it is, but I just prefer, I don't know. I just like those eras of men. I like that men were men. And uh, basically, you know, un- when you say something like that, and I, and I get what he's saying, you know, to an extent, uh, and I mean, really, it's 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 no different than like your grandpa or someone's grandpa or uncle. They were like, oh, back in my day, you know, I walked like 20 miles to school barefooted. And if I wanted something to eat, I had to kill it. And I had to this, that or whatever. You kids got your Pac-Man video games and calculators. We didn't even have that back then. You know, that, that's going to be from every generation. But a couple of WWE superstars pretty much had something to say about it, including the WWE champion Drew McIntyre as he went ahead and... And I quote, I don't agree whatsoever, especially from an in-ring perspective. I listened to part of it. I got to listen to the whole thing. It's pretty new. But I think he may may have been referring to, like, the kind of storylines, characters, and etc. And then... Xavier Woods went ahead and said that I wouldn't be the person that I am without the guidance and lessons of a few key people from the previous generation of wrestling. They taught me about the business, to save my money and having the and that having video games in the locker room is healthier than having whatever else. You could pretty much put two and two together. Thank you guys. You know what I mean? And other different stars like Aiden English and other different guys had pretty much something to say. But I've noticed on Twitter that a lot of the independent workers were really backlashing against The Undertaker. They were basically just saying, F this guy. He doesn't know any better. There's this, there's that. You know, he's just a bitter old man. And I'm just sitting there going, look, guys, first of all, and this is just my two two cents, it's a guy's opinion. Like, it's really just his opinion. I mean, you got Jim Cornette every week on his podcast basically talking about how AEW is awful and this and that. They don't know how to do this, that, whatever, yada, yada, yada. But yet they're making a a crazy amount of money. Guys are getting over. The people are tuning in watching it. So it's not like it's all that bad, right? (laughs) 
what I mean? And my two cents is on the whole situation is, is that, look, it's the Undertaker's opinion. If he thinks that the current product is soft in his eyes because he completely came from a different generation, which there's some definitely some truth to it. I agree with a lot of the different things, but also at the same time, I also agree with the fact that things are a lot healthier now around the realms of pro wrestling. We don't have a lot of drugs inside the locker room like they did back then. You know, we have the internet. We have video games, which is a lot better than go to the bar and doing benders and getting in trouble with the law, which that was a constant thing back then that a lot of old-timers would just laugh off. It doesn't make anything better or worse as far as from that. That's just how it was back then, and I think it's just different. So my whole thing of what I didn't like and my two cents is that everybody was just dogging the Undertaker about sharing his opinion. I mean, he has a right just like anybody else to share their opinion if they have a platform to do so. And it doesn't mean you need to demonize the guy, no pun intended, and let alone the fact that, like, if you take criticism and you get offended by it, and you want to backlash at it on a keyboard, you pretty much just kind of proved this point. You know, if you can't take criticism, if you can't have thick skin and just be like, well, don't hurt my feelings, that's just his his opinion, I'm just going to roll it off my back and just keep doing my thing, uh, and then you just get on Twitter and just, oh, F this guy or whatever, you're pretty much soft. You really are. I mean, what, do you really have to go out of your way and prove your point that the guy is wrong? It's his opinion. Who gives a shit? Really? To be completely honest with you. So at the end of the day, guys, if somebody says something and they disagree, you know, you disagree with them, don't get on Twitter. Don't backlash it out. I know probably a lot of people do it just to stay relevant so they can just try and (laughs) keep things interesting during the midst of COVID since we can't do all the wrestling shows that we pretty much want to do. But nonetheless, guys, just let it go. It is what it is, and that's my two cents. But let's get back into pro wrestling. Ooh, yeah. Hell yeah, man. Match of the week. Well, we kind of were already in pro wrestling, but you know what I mean. Anyways, match of the week. Speaking of The Undertaker, I thought it would only be fair <laughs> to have an Undertaker match for match of the week. And a match that I don't really have a lot of people that I hear that talk about this match. And it's pretty underrated. Uh, and, of course, it's good to... Uh, Obviously, future Hall of Famers, no question about it, between The Undertaker and Randy Orton from SummerSlam 2005. Full-length match, of course, will be in the show notes of this episode going in, so make sure you go ahead and click on that YouTube link and enjoy it. I believe it's about 20 minutes long. I went back and rewatched it. It's a really, really good match. Very underrated. I mean, everybody remembers the match they had at WrestleMania 21. A lot of the different things they did on SmackDown, they did on Raw, but this match right here definitely deserves a lot of credit, so make sure you go out of your way and check it out. Now... With that being said, I'm going to take the first pause for the cause here on the Leisure Alerts episode, and we'll be right back. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get the plugs in and out of the way with Jared Gannum, Inner Squared Circle. Of course, you can find him on all social media platforms. Chris Russo, at WrestleRusso on Instagram. Brad Owens with Snake Productions. Of course, you can find him on all social media platforms. Brian Breaker, Breaker and Bane Power Hour of Wrestling Podcast and Nintendo Power Podcast. And, of course, you know it's fake, right? Brand new podcast you can find on all podcast platforms. Rex Andrews, Pathway Fitness. Find him on all social media platforms. Stevie Richards with StevieRichardsFitness.com. And, of course, you can find all his content on all social media platforms. Jackson Stone with the You Are Love podcast. Find it on all podcast platforms. Mick Drake's Self-Awareness, bruh. Of course, you can find that great podcast on all podcast platforms. And getting into the professional wrestling side of things, Reality of Wrestling. Of course, go to RealityWrestling.com for all current events and future updates. Find them on all social media platforms. Hurricane Pro. Of course, official Hurricane Pro Twitter. 
Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you go ahead and check out their social media platforms. And last but not least, Wildcat Sports. Find them on all social media platforms. Check out their YouTube channel. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. And as far as me, the double RD, Ryan Davidson, I'm at RDBear57. Instagram, Twitter, Ryan Davidson on Facebook. Go and subscribe now. Now we're ready for part one here of my interview with my friend, my buddy, my podcast connoisseur, the guy that I go to for so much advice, the one and only Brian Breaker. And a quick little intro on Brian Breaker. He is a guy that went ahead and came up through the ranks from the one and only WLW training system that was head under the WWE Hall of Famer, one of the greatest of all time, the greatest wrestler on God's green earth. That's right. Trained by the one and only Harley race and what we get into here in part one is we talk about podcasts and how it evolved into such a big platform for him to go ahead and share his opinions not only about pro wrestling but pop culture in general and we also get in to a lot of different topics and this is a guy that I highly respect I highly enjoy talking to we've been good buddies ever since we met of course when I was involved in the Harley race pro wrestling camps back in 2015 through 2017 and I can't say enough great things about this guy and I know you guys are going to enjoy this interview so without any further ado let's get right into it part one of my interview with the one and only Brian Breaker Damn it. It's still real to me, damn it. And this is a real conversation I got. The one, the only, uh, Brandon, what was it, Tarver or Traver? Is that what the last name was? Traver? It's Traver, right? It's Traven. Traven. Okay, Brandon Traven, a.k.a. government name, uh, Ryan C. I won't give away your last name, a.k.a. Brian the Neck Breaker. <laughs> The Oklahoma Kid, buddy, one of my good friends in the business, man, podcaster extraordinaire, the guy that I go to for all my podcasting info. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Breaker is here on the Leisure and Larry's podcast. Buddy, now you're on my show. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm going to tell you right now, if I wouldn't have got the horn for the neck, I'm, I'm walking out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's, uh, probably, one of, that's probably one of my favorite of my wrestling face, names ever. Idea. That yeah. was sorry, not to cut you off. I was just sitting there. See, we're already off on the good stuff. Like, oh, let me cut off my own guest. Uh, no, uh, fucking. Uh, what I'm saying was, is like Brian the Neckbreaker is probably one of my favorite wrestling indie names of all time. So, can you give a quick story to the listeners, real quick, on how that came about? Boy, that's that's a story. Let me tell you. So, I I get like I'm sure you've been there. Obviously, you know anyone that's been kind of a journeyman wrestler like ourselves. You know, a lot of places. You get that random phone call from some guy you don't know. Hey, I want to book you for a show. And it's like, oh yeah, okay. Well, I don't. What kind of like you know? What's you know? You're asking the pay, the travel, things like that, right? Mm-hmm. And I want you to do this show. It's going to be here in Tulsa. It's going to be at the uh, at the fairgrounds. And I'm like, okay. And right away, that's like a, a bit of, re- of a red flag. I'm like, you're going to do an independent wrestling show at a ten thousand seat venue. Hmm. That mm, okay. All right. And he's like, oh, I look smell at all these money. Names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at all these names. And it's like, okay, this is, this already sounds bad. And, uh, and so I, I do the show and nothing really wild about it. It was just, it was like, it was headlined by Vader and some random guy against the Steiner brothers. And uh, they're still hanging from the rafters on that one. Let me tell you. But anyway, so it was whatever. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> 
uh... he ends up wanting to book me for a second show, um, which is funny because that show he's I'm going to book War Machine versus I think the All Night Express from Ring of Honor. This Ring of Honor main event. That's what his idea is for the second show. Oddly enough, I ended up a couple of years later getting to I met War Machine, you know, Ray and and, uh, and uh, Hanson, yeah. who are now the Viking Raiders on, on TV. But right. I met them in, in New Japan. And so I got to confirm the story. Essentially, this guy booked them to Ring of Honor, never paid Ring of Honor. So Ring of Honor flew them to Tulsa. Don't go to the show because we didn't get our money. And so he's right. like advertising them that the entire night. And they're, of course, not even there. So it was it was quite a deal. <laughs> Before the show, he keeps sending me stuff about the Oklahoma kid, the Oklahoma kid. Oh, God, that's so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's license <laughs> to print money, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there Hell we yeah. go. Hell yeah. <laughs> and so I ended up in, in this texting war with this Ugh. blithering idiot guy, this promoter. And I'm like, why do you want to call me the Oklahoma kid? Well, you're, you're from Oklahoma. And I'm like. Okay, but I trained in Missouri. Most of my wrestling credentials come from Missouri. Why don't you call me the Missouri kid? Obviously, I know he's thinking the Oklahoma kid. I got myself a lightning baby face here, you know, and we're going to you know, make all kinds of money. And You got a real you know. trendsetter on your hands there, buddy. Yeah, and, and so finally he keeps saying, like, you know, I, I want to I call you the Oklahoma kid. And I was like, I've been, by, I've been known as Brian Breaker most of my career. Why don't you just use that name? And, well, I, I couldn't remember what your name was. Why the hell did you call me then? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like weird thing. I'm like, well, I don't remember who you are, so why, you know, why would I call you? Yeah, why would I, I call I, you? I, I'm only just I'm, advertising I'm, you on my, on my wrestling show. Like, why would I even give you a call? <laughs> Makes no fucking sense. There we go. It's, it's the most pro wrestling <laughs> right. thing ever, I swear to God. It's great. Oh, yeah. And so, like, we're going back and forth. I'm trying to get a workout. I'm talking to this guy. It's driving me crazy. And this is something I don't know if you've ever dealt with. It always has pissed me off because Harley was still alive at this time. You know, it's like, well, I'll, I'll tell Harley you're trying to back out of the booking. And I'm like, are you pulling the I'm going to call your dad card on me? Like, that's so awesome. I was like, call them. Uh, do you have a cell number? I do. I'll call them right now. He'll no tell, shit. Tell me to tell you to shut the hell up. You oh know? Like, my God. That, that always, it. that's always been a thing like promote and not all the time, but promoters will try to throw at you like, well, I'll, I'll call Harley. So you're not doing your business. Know, and I'm like, there's there's some good promoters out there. Don't get me wrong. This is not like an open bashing on wrestling promoters, but dude, I'm telling you the minds or excuse me, the things that go through pro wrestling promoters' brains is it's scary enough for a wrestler, man or woman, that like what goes in our brains, you know what I mean? But just right. somewhat like it, it's crazy, man. But look, you you hit a lot of good things. Harley Race, Japan. We talked a little bit about Shelton Benjamin, you being a pro wrestling owner. We're going to get into all that. But like I said in the beginning of this interview, at the start of it, you're like my podcasting guru, man. Like when anytime I'd actually have questions about something or have different ideas and stuff like that, we always bounce things off because we always hit each other on, on the wonderful, the most unknown, but yes, known app, known to all pro wrestlers everywhere, Voxer. Shout out to Voxer. 
for being the greatest app to where we could just ramble and go on tangents for however long we want to, 15 minutes a pop. But anyways, you basically helped me out with so many different podcasts, and I can't thank you enough for it. But with that being said, I mean, I got to talk about you not only have one, but you have multiple podcasts, man. And from a guy that's been a part of wrestling, still a part of wrestling in ways and things like that, man, that's really kind of what I want to jump into in uh, part one of this episode, man. And I really want to talk about the newest one that you have to where it's called You Know It's Fake, right? Which is such a trigger title. I love that. And you you had such a great idea for for having that. So let's dive in deep, man. What What's this podcast all about? Well, yeah, and it is a trigger title, like you said. I, I put the subtext below because I wanted people to understand I, this wasn't like I'm not taking a shot at the business, obviously, but I put that down below the ongoing battle with the dirtiest four-letter word in pro wrestling because we've all been there. We've all had someone insult us with probably out even realizing that they're insulting us, right? Oh, you better believe it. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, to me, like I look at the sacrifices of pro wrestling, the traveling, the shitty paydays, the the bumps, the bruises, oh, yeah. the working your ass off. You know, I mean, we've all been there. Hey, we want you to work with this guy because we like this guy. We think we can get him a job, and you, you can just get, be along for the ride, right? You you do your part. We'll we'll use him. And those little things that we all endure in wrestling, everyone's got a story. Everyone has been, I think, in some way, shape, or form. If you've been in this business any length of time, you've been put through the ringer to to a degree. Oh, That's yeah. all very real. The emotion this business has, like the, like I said, the traveling, the bumps and bruises, all that stuff is very real. And so my idea is, I've said this for many years, I think the real part of wrestling, behind the scenes stuff, that's almost more fascinating than what they put on the TV screen, right? You hear stories about, back in the day, Jim Crockett promotions and WWE shots at each other. We'll do Clash of the Champions the same night and his WrestleMania, we'll, we'll put it on TV for free to screw your buy rate up. That's right. That's interesting. That's interesting shit. You absolutely, know? man. Couldn't agree more. And and so everybody's got a story. Everybody has something. Whether it's you know your real job, you know dealing with someone who doesn't understand the business, or people asking questions like, "Well, did you make a lot of money? Or do you do this? Or you do that? Why do you do this for? I don't understand it." We've all got a story, and so my my idea with this show, because when I I was doing interviews on Breaker of Ains Power Hour, which is kind of like the show I've been doing for a long time, and I wanted to separate that. I was like, so I'll put interviews on its own show, but what do I call it? Do I is it just let, let's talk wrestling or Brian Breaker's wrestling podcast? I mean, like I need something that's going to make people stop. And so that question, uh, you like wrestling or you watch wrestling? Yeah. Um, you know, it's fake, right? That was always the question that came to my mind the most. <laughs> so and true. so, it, you know, I've, I've heard so many great stories already. You know, a, a friend of mine who's not even a wrestler, he's just a fan. He told a story that will be coming up on a future episode about wearing a, a NWO shirt at school, at high school. And his teacher in this class was the, was the wrestling coach. And the wrestling coach is like, you like that pro wrestling, you know, that, you know, that crap's fake, right? And he's like, He's like, well, no, not not the NWO. This is real. Like, you know, Hogan's best wrestler in the business. And he's like, oh, yeah. Hogan's hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, not a real wrestler. And he's like, you know, real wrestling, we do this and that. And he goes, well, to be fair, you've never been hit with that big leg. You know, if Hogan got you with that big leg, he'd have you down for three seconds. Better watch and out the there, brother. Like, <laughs> right. The teacher's like, well, that three-second pin, that's not even real in wrestling. It's just a one-second pin. He goes, and that's how good Hogan is. He can 
put you down for three seconds. He's arguing with this teacher. Love the it. teacher doesn't even realize he's egging him on, you know? And Love that's, it. to me, what's so interesting about this, because we all have these stories that we probably never put out there in a podcast. And so I think, like, man, this is, this is fun. I've kind of, so I'm kind of curating all these stories with these people and hearing about all their experiences. Jack Gamble told a, a great story, yeah. which I was like, this is amazing. I mean, you know Jack Gamble. Of shout course. Out oh, shout out to Mr. Jack Gamble, man. I miss that guy for sure. And I saw that it actually just came out recently, right? What episode number is it for anybody that wants to go and check that out? He's the very first episode. Okay. And um, I was just listening back to it. He, he told a story, and I remember this, where he was doing this business meeting in a bar because he was starting a wrestling company in the, in the Lake the Ozarks area. And he's like, we're going to be in this business social meet all these business owners. He wanted me to come up there, confront him, slap him across the face to set up our match at his show. And I was like, hell yeah, I would love to slap you in the face, (laughs) but I just, I can't be there that day. So we ended up having this other guy, uh, Dave DeLorean come up and slap him, which he was obviously happy to give Jack Gamble, the old, the old five, what the old five fingers say to the face. Slap. Oh, dude, Dave DeLorean. If that's not the most independent wrestling name I've ever heard in my life, that's just great. Dude, it's, it's, so yeah, good. it's great stuff. Great stuff. <laughs> so Dave comes up, slaps Ugh. this out of gamble. They, you know, they're off to the races, right? They think, oh, we've, we've done great stuff. Everyone's all into this. Right. This old lady comes up to him and is like, I know that slap wasn't real. Uh-oh. And he's like, well, no, I mean, my face is red. My eyes are watering. You heard it. Yeah. That wasn't a real slap. Because wrestling isn't real, quote-unquote. So that it's slap still could real to be real. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep plugging that in, brother. <laughs> oh, I love it. Right. So it's, it's that weird thing of, like, you can see this, you can hear this, but that didn't really happen. Because pro wrestling, and I know that this is all some tomfoolery. It's not real stuff. So I, I feel like stories like that is what makes the show inter- entertaining because there's, there's so many different things that we've all experienced throughout our journey oh man well i, I think you and me can do like a uh, like a whole netflix like mini episode documentary just on you and you and our experiences alone which you and i have basically been in tulsa oklahoma uh literally staying up till like three four in the morning like as you're walking out the door it's just like you actually said like one subject oh yeah i got a story about that which led into you having a story about something like that and then back and forth and then we end up like hey man it's four in the morning like we get and there was still like right. so much there left on the table, man. So I'm super excited on the fact that you know it's fake, right? Is basically out there. You got to start it because I remember you talking to me about it, and it's such a great idea. And I was actually against the title originally. I'm like, man, I don't know, man. You might rub because it sounds around. controversial, right? Absolutely, but that's yeah. what makes it so good. That's what makes it yeah, so good. Yeah. And buddy, I'm all for it, man. So you guys, you go ahead and you hear it here on Legion Larry's podcast. Make sure you check out. You know it's fake, right? By the one and only Brian Breaker. But we got to talk about your other podcast, the Granddaddy, the Godfather of them all, the the Breaker and Bane Power Hour of Wrestling. Man, how long have you guys actually been podcasting together, dude? Since 2014. God, actually. wow, that's going on like seven years, man. Because here we are in 2021. I, yeah, man, that's wild. I think we started in February, so yeah, we're right at about right seven at years. seven it's years, crazy. man. Good for you, man. Right on. I mean, it goes from like guys. The, the show's fantastic. I mean, they talk about everything with like go, comes to pop culture, comes to wrestling, ideals and opinions. They drink crazy soda, like bacon ranch sodas and things of that nature. They're custom. They're custom commercial breaks about 
about random products that are all wrestling related, I, I kid you not, it is worth just literally going in and out of your way wherever you are to go listen to right now. Obviously, after you listen to this interview, but nonetheless, man, you got to go and check it out. But it always it, it always made me wonder because I don't know if we actually ever had that conversation. But like, how did that actually originate between you and Bane? Where like, was it you that presented the idea of going, hey, we should do a podcast? Or was it him? Like, tell me a little bit about that. So, yeah, it, it was my idea. And uh, me and Bane, we've known each other since like high school. And we've always had this pretty funny back and forth, but we didn't really know. Like, how do we do this, right? Like, what, how do we present that? Because podcasting wasn't a thing back then, right? And right. so um, I had gotten the itch that I wanted to do a podcast. He was the first person I thought of. And I was like, hey, what do you what do you think? And I, and I thought, you know, me being a pro wrestler, him being a pro wrestling fan, but also does hip hop music, that's kind of an interesting thing. Like, it's an interesting dynamic. What do you think? And he was like, well, I was actually planning to do a podcast as well. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. I was like, so you know how to do this? And he goes... Yeah, because I was like, back in 2014, man, there wasn't, like, apps that you could do this on. This was... Oh, not at all. I don't even think Spotify was even a thing back in 20... Well, no, actually it was, but it was just, like, music and stuff, I believe. But, like, barely getting off the ground. It was was different. And so it took him a second to figure out how to do this. And we finally were like, okay, we can can make this happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's kind of changed its its course over time. And we've obviously talked about different things and you know focused it big on wrestling and then not so much you know kind of basing on what your fandoms are if if there's a tv show that you're liking or a movie that you're liking what are we going to talk about or you know like you said the crazy sodas thing kind of just happened organically i i found those i thought that was hilarious dude it's such a great bit i love it it's such a great bit (laughs) what if we drank this ranch dressing soda on the podcast he's like why would we do that i was like i don't know because that's that's intriguing like it sounds awful but it's so bad that you're like well, I kind of want to know what that tastes like, you know? And so that became a bit everyone. That's the one thing that we've done throughout that entire show that everyone always brings up to me. Like, Oh yeah, you guys do those weird sodas. Huh? I'm like, yes, we do. So um, <laughs> like I said, it's kind of changed its course uh, a few times, but it's a lot of fun, man. And it's to me, like, I think the biggest thing about podcasting is it's that creative outlet that I think we all need. Like we work our regular jobs or, Every day is the same, but this is that one thing that we can do that's our own thing. It's our own creative outlet. You know, it's relatively easy to put together these days. So, yeah, it's something it's something that I, I think I need in my own life to keep my sanity. Man, I, I think you hit the nail on the head right there with the, with the comment of saying we all need that creative outlet. That is the number one reason why I'm doing this. Uh, I think that's the number one reason because, like, when you're not in the ring, especially during times of COVID and everything right. like that, what can you do? And I don't want to be one of those people that get on social media and just do things for attention. There's got to be an outlet. There's got to be a nuance to things. And, but, like, you know, credit to you and Bane. You guys been doing it for literally almost seven years to the date man and that's something that actually has to be recognized and it's got to be applauded because like i said when i say that like you're like the guru like the ogs like i don't really know anyone else especially in the wrestling business uh with the exception of uh colt cabana that actually went ahead and had a podcast back then that i knew personally you know what i mean uh there might have been different people that did like little radio spots or things of that nature but you're like the only guy that i knew that's had a podcast literally like forever you know what i mean which is great and it's awesome and it's really held up man and how's your fan base is your fan base growing at all because of covid or anything like that or especially over the past couple of years 
Um, it definitely has grown over different periods, you know, with different people listening. Um, you know, as far as it going as long as it has, I, I think we joke sometimes that's either because it's, you know, we're too stupid to quit or, you know, we don't have anything better to do. I don't know. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's a really cool thing. Like I, I'm sure you, you felt this anytime someone hits you up and like, Hey man, I listened to your show. I really dig it. Like that, that, there's not a better compliment than that. Like that's such a, for sure, man, they, such absolutely. a cool thing to hear. You're like, wow, like somebody actually took the time. I mean, Cause there's so many podcasts now. Oh dude. And, yeah. and the fact that someone's like, I listened to your show. I liked it. I can't wait to hear more. It's like, wow, that's a really cool thing. And because, like I said, there's so many to choose from. Like the fact that someone would be like, no, I'm not going to listen to those top of the line podcasts that make tons of money. I'll listen to these these guys on an independent level. And I think that's really cool. And, you know, I've never tried to monetize it really to where we're like, let's make a lot of money. So that's never really been my thing. So I feel like if you if you focus on that, you're probably not going to have fun with it. And this just becomes another job. And like, I want this to be fun. Like, I don't want this to be like another job. If I can make a little money on it, that'd be great. And we do make a little bit. I mean, it's something substantial, of course. But I think that's the interesting thing about any venture you take. It's It could be like, well, I'm hoping to make, you know, tons of money. And it's like, well, that that may not happen. But you, if you look at it like a hobby, most hobbies, whatever they are, they are going to cost you a little bit of money. So if we can make a little bit on the downside, I think that that makes it kind of even out. Dude, that's awesome, man. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I find it fascinating. I mean, you were definitely one of the main catalysts for me and the idea of uh, starting my own podcast and everything. And like I said, we, we, you know, for all the listeners out there, like, I'm, I'm kidding you not, like 80% of the Voxers that me and Breaker do is literally just about podcasting and stuff and different things from wrestling and stuff, which we're going to get into. But I kind of want to segue a little bit outside of wrestling. I want to talk about the last podcast that you have, the Nintendo Power Podcast. Podcast, man, because you and I are totally some gamers, man. I, I love video games. I literally went back to the throwbacks. Uh, our mutual buddy Chris Russo, former guest here on Leisure Layers podcast, he let me borrow uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 and 3 because I was just itching. Nice. I haven't played a shooter in a while. And I was like, man, let me go ahead and do this. And so, like, during my downtime, which was few and far between over the past couple weeks, I can tell you that. Uh, but I went ahead and turned my brain off and went ahead and just clacked at it, man, and everything like that. But you have this Nintendo Power our podcast man and and some of the things what's the instagram handle to make sure that all the listeners can go and check you out it is at back to the nintendo on that for instagram or twitter um yeah that actually oddly enough is a bit on hiatus right now okay. uh, the co-host i had he uh it became hard to schedule and that's a hard thing to do over skype so it's kind of like right you gotta clear and i work a really weird work schedule so just it kind of not gone but we'll get back to it eventually i hope but yeah, we, we focused it just on the Nintendo because I've I've always felt like the Nintendo's got a very uh, amazing catalog of games, and you know I'm thinking like man, the Double Dragon, Contra, you know Metroid, Punch Out, Mega Man, so many good ones, right. and it's been really fun to play a lot of those. It's really cool to also feel like this one holds up. This one maybe not so much, or. Like, wow, that was a lot better when I was a kid. Or, wow, I have never played that game, but that's really badass. I'm glad I got a chance to play it. That's kind of what it's been about. We, we kind of rate the game after we're done. We we always comment on the uh, the cover art because I think Nintendo's got amazing cover art on a lot of their games. And then we do a fun thing on there where we uh, we kind of predict what this would cost if we were to buy the original cart. And and that's an interesting thing because some of the games are 6 7 bucks, right? Some of them are 35 40 
it all kind of varies on on their value and i think that that's kind of a fun thing because like if you want to buy a, a crappy nintendo game yeah it's going to be cheap but if you want to get contra or castlevania or tetris you're going to be spending a little bit more money and it's such like i said it's such a cool catalog of games i've done this in the past i did a super nintendo podcast a few years ago, right kind you of did a, a similar a similar process but to me it's it's a kind of a fun excuse to get there and get to play old games you know and and get to enjoy that old catalog of games that we kind of grew up on right and you know it's 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 amazing to me how quickly the game the video game world has changed over the years and like oh, how sure. like you see the games now and it's just like this is insane compared to what they were back then because i mean i don't know about you i don't know how many times i would rent a new game and play for 10 minutes like well this sucks and it's like well you got it for five days so <laughs> enjoy no kidding, you know? and, and, and i don't even know if I, I told you this yet but my nephew for christmas he got an arcade one-up tabletop capcom game oh nice good for him right on yeah he, he's six and so my mom was messaging me like hey look what i found do you think he would like this and i'm like I don't know because he's never played that, but it's got like Street Fighter and Final Fight and Hell all yeah. these really cool games on it. Right. And and so me and him have been playing Final Fight, which is just so much fun. And anyway, right. yesterday I actually was just playing him in Street Fighter. I was like, you know how to do this? He's like, yep. Yeah. And he picks E Honda, and I picked uh, uh, Balrog, the boxer. Right. And he he whipped my ass like he did that little hand slap. <laughs> and I, mean, I didn't get a single punch. The E Honda like, hand little, slap, brother. That's the, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it, man. That little E Honda fucking shit. You just uh, like uh, flat out, like, just try to hit anybody at any time. Longer that E Honda hand slap. Hell no, to the no, no, no. Hell to the. You're just getting pounded, bro. I'm telling Dude, you. Oh, oh yeah. my god. Yeah, he so many tried. memories. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's amazing. Well, that's also another thing, too, of what's great uh, between you and I's friendship, uh, you know, not only with pro wrestling and podcasting, but it's video games, man. Once again, like it's I used to always knock when I didn't know any better when I was in my 20s and I was trying to be, you know, way more of a people pleaser back then and act way tougher than I really was <laughs> and all that. And it'd be like, oh, there's so many nerds in pro wrestling. You know what? Thank God. Thank God there's people that like video games and comics and TV and pop culture and things like that. Like it just makes things so much better, man. And I appreciate it so much more, more than I ever did. Let alone the fact, man, like when it comes to video games, man, like that's that's the escape that everybody loves. Just in my mind, it's just right up there with pro wrestling, man. It's just you have have a controller in your hand instead of another human being you know what i mean absolutely so, yeah you, you, i think everybody needs that something whatever it is to kind of unwind them you know whatever it might be and video games are definitely a uh, a fun thing to enjoy like i got a nintendo 64 not long ago man talk about a freaking blast getting to, to bust that thing out and play it again you know so much fun man you know i think when it comes to like wrestling you know how like when we talk and we'll sit there and be like oh you got to go back and watch this match this match is a classic right they tell such a good story or whatever the situation is maybe this match was brutal these guys killed each other or this that whatever video games to me is the same thing you have to go back and play the classics to really appreciate not only the the style of games because there's some games between you and me like you can you can try and you could do it 
probably for 20 years, but it's nothing compared to the original. It's nothing oh, compared that, to no. it. And I know that's like the most boomer old man thing to say, but it really is the truth. It really, really is. And and I feel like with video games, like there's a lot, I think there should be a lot more kids. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But like, you know, I know the PS5s and the Xbox Series Xs and everything like that. Like that's all of, you know, in the new wind of things. And rightfully so, as finally we got some new system, console systems out and everything like that. But you have to go back and play these regular Nintendo games, the Super Nintendos. I grew up Sega Genesis, man. So like, yeah, all, all, like that was my jam. You know what I mean? The PS1s and 2s and 3s. Like you, you got to go back and play these things. And plus the N64, I remember, I think it was like maybe not only like five or six years ago, I went to an old video game shop, which is one of my favorite things to do is just go walk into a video game shop and just kind of see what's there and just walk down memory lane. But I bought me an N64 and just, you know, got the golden eye, got Turok, the dinosaur hunter, no mercy, WrestleMania 2000, all these different games, man. And I, and I cherish you so much. What games do you have for N64? Well, I got all the classic wrestling games, but I also found this thing online. I think you'll, I may have told you about this, but I think you'll pop if you don't know. It's actually a fully translated virtual pro wrestling too. So they took the, you know, which is. The, oh, the, no, it's, that's it's, right. You did tell me about this, but tell this for all the listeners, for people that don't know listening to this. This is great. Yeah. So it's basically just like the gameplay is just like WrestleMania 2000, but it's got like the, the Japanese rosters on there so you got the all japan the new japan fmw it's even got like you uh mma fighters like uh i think who who's in there like um bash rootin is on there and don fry's on there right uh, and then it's got like legends like andre the giant abdullah the butcher the right. funks i'm thinking I'm, th I'm thinking like brody hansen sakuraba kawada oh, yeah. oh, yeah. masawa kids kabashi taru Dude, it, you know what i mean like oh yeah, it's man. super cool and, and what's what's fun is the game is i feel like it's so far it's ahead of its time if you if you lock up with one of the mma guys you can't shoot them across the ropes Oh, because really? I mean, they'll put the brakes on every time. That like, would, that's, that's really cool. That would make sense. Thinking outside the box on that one, that gets a club horn. That gets a club horn. I See, I didn't even know that when you told me that. That's, that is highly impressive. Well, and also, too, if you play with the MMA guys, like I, I like, I'm a huge Don Frymark, so I was mm. playing with him. He won't always, he won't usually go for a pin. He always goes for a submission. Right. And, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Even though it's a pro wrestling match, he's still going for the submission like it was MMA. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. See, so that's it's, it's definitely a fun game to kind of get to dive into. Like Jushin Thunder Liger's on there. So oh, it's so got cool. all, the, all the guys that we that we remember. And again, it's in that classic No Mercy WrestleMania 2000 style. So it's it's definitely it was definitely a good investment for sure. Dude, for sure, man. I, I was just thinking when you said Don Fry, you know, the Don Fry Takayama, you know, fight will stand the test of Dude, yeah. it will, oh it will stand yeah. it will stand the test of time. And I was so glad while I was in Japan, uh being at like the Takia Mania, it was like the big benefit show for him since his health was on the decline for the right. past couple of years and everything. Super, super cool, man. But uh yeah, that's so that's so wild, man. And I love that. But once again, the Nintendo Power Podcast, even though it's on hiatus, you can go back and check out all the episodes. It's available on all major podcast platforms, right? Correct. Yes, okay. Sir. All right. Cool. You guys go ahead and give that give that a shout. Give that a check out, man. And plus, moving right along here on part one, um, you know, in this downtime, you know, we got you know we can listen to podcasts, we can play video games, we can go back and watch wrestling. Then that downtime means that everybody got that Rona. <laughs> Coronavirus. Coronavirus. <laughs> 
think you'd better believe it. Coronavirus. Now, I had it back in June of 2020, but you, my friend, recently had it, got past it, everything like that. And, uh, you know, I was pretty worried for you and everything like that. But let's go ahead and dig deep, man, because I told you my experience. And, you know, a lot of listeners that listen here on the Leisure and Larry's podcast, they know all about my situation and what have you. But I always love hearing other people's takes, man. You got COVID around the holidays, I believe, and then yeah. got through it. So tell me, how did that all came about, man? And what were your thoughts about it? Well, so it was one of those things where my sister, she, you know, in her regular job, she works at a school with the special needs kids. Okay. And I, she was the first one that got sick. So our assumption is maybe one, because kids tend to be carriers and, you know, they're in your face and stuff like that. So we, our assumption is maybe that's where she got it from, but we don't know for sure. She got sick. All of a sudden it's like, Hey, I can't taste anything. And it's like, Oh, that's usually a clear cut sign that you definitely have it. Yeah. That's and, the MO. <laughs> and it was kind of like clockwork. Her husband got sick. My mom got sick. Wow. My dad got sick. And there at first go. I thought, man, I've, I've cleared this. I must be immune to it. And then, right. you know, then I got it obviously. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it was definitely, um, it's a weird feeling because, you know, initially I didn't really feel bad. It was mostly just congestion. And then I had, you know, some pretty bad headaches and body aches and stuff like that. Um, you know, talk to my work. Well, you need to go get tested. Okay. So I do that and you know, came back positive. I was like, Oh, Oh boy. And it's kind of a, it's a super scary thing to see that you have tested positive because how much, people are talking about this right now because it's so topical. Right. And, you know, I was just kind of like, well, okay. And at that point, most of my family had already kind of recovered from it. And, uh, and so I, you know, I did everything that I could and stayed away. And, and eventually I had basically my experiences. It wasn't the most sick I've ever been, but it did last for a pretty good while before I felt better again. And, uh, yeah, so I'm back at work now. Everything's, everything's good to go, but it was definitely an interesting, interesting time there for a little bit. Yeah. So basically your, your biggest symptoms, uh, from what I'm gathering correctly was you basically just had some headaches and maybe felt a little lethargic and everything like that in some areas, but did you have any like body aches? Did you have like any bodily functions that were, you know, maybe a little over, over the top, so to speak Because man, you won't believe some of the things I've heard from different people on just different reactions on things. You know, I've heard a lot of that too. I didn't have anything too crazy. I did notice, um, I had dizzy spells where I would be up and walking around all of a sudden I felt like I was going to fall over. Like I just gotten off like an amusement park ride. Right. And I'm like, well, that's weird. And so I remember talking to my, my family like, Oh yeah, we all had that too. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And it's kind of that thing. Like when you know, Oh, you went through that and you're fine. It kind of set you at, at ease to a degree, but it was mostly, I was mostly fine. Then as, as I started to get better, that's when I lost smell and taste which honestly has not come back yet. And that's probably the weirdest thing that I dealt with. Because well, so your smell, even though you're cleared of COVID and everything, your smell and your taste hasn't fully came back yet. Like even as we talk right now, it hasn't came Correct. back yet. No kidding. Yeah. Holy crap, dude. Really? And, and this is, and this is how, how weird it is. I don't know if you lost smell or taste or not, but my sister, like I said, she was the first one who got sick. We gave her this super spicy, wing sauce from Buffalo Wild Wings, like a little cup of it. Yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah. See what this tastes like. And she's like, okay. And she was like, well, it's tingly, but I can't taste it. And it was like, 
Right. Wow. Like that's so weird. And yeah, it legit, like all my smell was gone. So it's definitely when you eat, it's super hard to eat because it's like, you can feel all the food. Like, Oh, I can tell that's chicken. I can tell that's whatever a steak or whatever, but there's no taste to anything. Right. And when there's no smell to anything, it's hard to get, it's hard to want to eat, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You smell good food, man. They're like, whew, I'm ready for them steak, you know, whatever it is. Right. So, like, when you don't have your sense of smell or your sense of taste, everything is just kind of bland. My taste is coming back a little bit, but it's not completely there. And, um, you know, talking to family members, they were like, oh, that's kind of how mine was. Like, I could kind of taste certain foods, like super sweet or super spicy. I can start kind of start to taste. And, I, from what I understand, it takes two to three weeks sometimes to come back fully. So it's definitely a uh, an interesting virus, that is for sure. Man, that's crazy. And you and you you and I have definitely uh, similar situations where when I didn't couldn't smell or taste anything when I had COVID, it was the same thing. Like I I would eat an Oreo cookie because uh, God damn it, who doesn't like Oreo cookies? You Ooh, know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I would I would feel the grainy sugar texture of it, but I couldn't right. taste anything. And then uh, at the time, there was these big giant pharmaceutical uh, wipes uh, that I had in the house and when you open them like I couldn't smell it I'd put the cloth to my nose and like I couldn't smell anything when my smell came back if the lid got opened up literally I could smell it from across the room like oh yeah you know what I mean and it was just so strong so it was crazy on just how things have just definitely affected but I just didn't know that it was still lingering around for you even though you got through it yeah, well, like I have Vicks vapor rub that I'll use on my nose and stuff. I can't smell that, you know. And that's a pretty strong smell. Yeah, no kidding. So, wow. yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely a bizarre thing to to have because you know I'd heard that this whole time because I you know I pretty much avoided this stuff until until December, obviously. So I heard people like oh, I lost smell and taste or can't smell anything, can't taste anything or whatever. And it's like oh okay, well that's not too too bad. But when you actually experience it yourself, it's definitely a lot a lot worse than you realize. Yeah, man. Now, the last thing I'll ask you about the COVID aspect and everything like that, we're, while you had it or knowing what you know now going through it, and this is always a question I always ask everybody else, and I'll, I'm interested in your take on it, is did you get any lessons from dealing with COVID? Like, is there anything of just like you look at things differently or maybe you just, but I wouldn't say a regret, but maybe, you know, some lessons learned or maybe a different input, outlook or anything like that? Like, tell me, did you learn anything dealing from it? I think I think not even necessarily having it, but just dealing with this whole like you know lockdown and quarantine and all that stuff. I think the biggest thing that it did for me is I feel like we shouldn't waste moments, right? You know, like Absolutely. we should try to live every day, not like it's your last, but live every day like like you like you want to. Don't put stuff off because man, there was not a, it's not a worse feeling, and that's another thing too that was hard for me is quarantining. You can't leave your house, stay right. in your house. Cause, and, and I don't want to be, I mean, you're probably the same in this regard. I don't want to be responsible for someone getting sick and dying just because I want to go, you know, buy a sandwich or something real quick. Right. I mean, it's like, I, I so I would feel horrible about that. Luckily I had you know, people that would bring me food and stuff like that. But my whole thing is like, I, I think this, this whole 2020 year, things have been put in perspective, right? Like I, I want to be able to, like if I want to go be able to watch a movie at a movie theater, that's that's a really cool thing to be able to do once that's a thing again, right? right? Going to a concert, going to a wrestling show, going out in public without it being like this weird thing. Like that's something that I will 
definitely look forward to once things kind of settle down, which I, I hope is soon. I, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think for some weird reason, everyone thought 2021 hit, we would all be back to normal for some reason. Right. Like, uh, not quite, not quite yet. So we'll see. All right, guys, part one is in the books. Please tune in next week for part two of my sit-down interview with Brian Breaker. Uh, we go ahead and we get jump right into a lot of different realms of pro wrestling in part two, not only talking about WWE, but also talking about pro wrestling Noah, how he was Go Shiozaki's roommate for a year, which is something that I had no idea about. We get into so many more topics, of course, next week, and guys, I want you to go ahead and tune in. I really appreciate everyone tuning into the episodes of course each and every week as I'm going to bring brand new episodes each and every Monday of course here on all podcast platforms you make sure you go ahead and check them out once again give me a follow at rdbear57 of course on Instagram and Twitter and guys it's that time I think you should go home now Devin there's nothing going on Stuart you should go home <laughs> I love that quip. But, guys, I appreciate your time and everything like that. Tune in next week, of course, part two with one and only Brian Breaker. And, guys, I love you. I really appreciate everyone tuning into every episode each and every week. I got a lot of different interviews lined up and scheduled up, man. I really, really have been working really hard on just elevating this podcast up. And I know we talked about it in past episodes and everything like that, but I'm going to do everything I can to bring you the absolute best content I possibly possibly can each and every week here on the leisure and larius podcast but guys that's it man hit the go home cue gonna play some thundercat to get it on out man and guys enjoy yourselves be positive be well and tune in next week take care